It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building as we are jumping into May, Laura. It is flying by. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like May is flying by and we are launching a new podcast series for the month of May called Treasures in the Desert. I'm really excited to dive into this with you. Uh, You and I are both sharing about uh, some insights spiritually that the Lord has given to us while being in a desert an actual desert. Now my, my examples are from years ago, 2009, but yours are going to come from not too long ago. That's right. Just a few (laughs) weeks ago. Yep. Um, So we have this whole new month we're going to be focusing on. And, and today we're calling this podcast hidden treasures. You know, if you've ever been to a desert, it looks like a large expanse of not much. Mm. Right. And, and yet if you are willing to maybe get educated a little bit by a, mm. a, a guide, which is what we did, you find there are things that you could easily miss that we would consider treasures in the desert. Yes. Uh, back in 2009, uh, my husband and I were in Palm Desert um, in California. You might think it's Palm Springs, right? It's called Palm Desert. And we took a Jeep tour twice in one week. Mm. We, the first day that we took it, we had a a bit of a wild man who uh, ran the Jeep tour. It was just the two of us <laughs> with him, but he was so like, looks can be deceiving, right? Yeah. He was such a wealth of knowledge. And what he shared on that Jeep tour made such a profound uh, impression on me that uh, God began to use it. And I, I actually wrote a whole retreat out of it because it was, it was so rich in spiritual um, wisdom. Now, not that the tour guide even touched anything spiritually. Um, the Lord was speaking to me through nature. We actually were so impressed. We took the tour again, mm. the same week, which is rather nutty, mm. but I'm just saying it was really, it was really, it was awesome. Now I grew up in the Northeast in Philadelphia. And so desert life was brand new to me. You know, I was used to a lot of things being green, a lot of rain. So it was quite an eye opener. And so that's for, that's why we're calling this the hidden treasures, right? The hidden treasures of the desert. Yeah, Deb, it's it's interesting. The first time that Dan told me we were going to the desert uh, on vacation, I, I remember saying, what? What? <laughs> like, that is not, did you ask me? That is not where I said I wanted to go. I want to go someplace green and lush and floral. But I, I find two of the things that you just said, they're so interesting because we went to the desert in Dubai. And uh, the similarities between some of the things that God was speaking to your heart and speaking to my heart. You're uh, in the United States in the desert. I'm in the Middle East in the desert. And isn't it interesting that um, when we search for treasure in dry places, regardless of where we are, right, we're going to find it. Right. And so I love the fact that doesn't, there's not just one specific place. All over the place on our stories, we have different deserts that we go through. Another similarity between your story and mine is um, we were uh, smart enough to also have someone take us through the desert. because. And looking back, even like you just said, the things that I would have missed in the vastness of the desert and the things that are not obvious to you when you are in the desert, uh, we need to have someone guiding us through these places. Uh, right. We really need to be educated on these places because we're so new to it and we don't know how to search for the treasures in a place that we've not been before. Yeah, you know, there's a tremendous parallel that we're going to walk through in our own lives because each of us has experienced times personally 
where we just feel dry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like there's not much growing. It's kind of bland. It doesn't look very interesting. Nothing seems to be changing. And, and there's seasons, right? There's seasons in our lives that we walk through like that. But God is present, not only in the lush, fruitful times, but he is still present in the times where we feel dry. And his longing is to reveal himself to us in different ways in each season. And we see that reflected, Debbie, in so many different um, passages in the Word of God. In fact, it's been kind of fun. Since I came back from the desert, I feel like every time I open up the Bible, there's the desert. Somebody else is in the desert. But in Isaiah 58, 11, um, we're going to focus on this verse uh, as we go through this today. God says, uh, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I mean, what a, what a verse, what a promise about our desert seasons. And this month, we're going to be sharing truths from the Word of God that are so reflected in this verse. Because like you just said, we go through these hard times, and in the middle of our dry or uncomfortable, our hot times in life, right, things that we don't want to experience, uh, God has a way of renewing our strength. He meets our needs. And even in these places that feel dry and like there's not a lot of change or growth, uh, we can flourish in our desert places. So let's start here, Laura. I'm going to give you a little bit of some information about Palm Springs, right? Palm Desert. Um, And then we're going to start looking at how we equate this in our own lives. I mean, when I was, when I was sitting, I have pictures I took, I was sitting on this Bob Hope classic kind of grass. It was just, it was like a carpet, just perfect, not a weed, very unlike my grass at home. And, (laughs) and yet literally next to me, the street next to me was completely brown the soil was arid. And so when the wind blew, it would blow dust and a tumbleweed blew right past me on on my green grass. Yet I kept thinking at it going, it's the same weather conditions. I mean, we're only talking about 20 feet away Mm. from where I was sitting, that there was such a drastic change, Mm. same soil, same area. Why was it so different? There was obviously something was some, the difference was going to be in how they stewarded that land that made the difference because you had that lush green grass and then rock hard ground. And I started seeing life was kind of like this. So let's say you have two individuals, maybe they're in the same family, raised by the same parents at the same time, same environment, same church. And yet one sibling is experiencing life, particularly their faith in such a, they're just experiencing life in such a drastically different way from the other one. Like, how does that, how does that happen? Yeah, I, I get, I get it what you're saying, Deb, because I think we can all relate to this and we've all seen it and we, perhaps we have all experienced this in our own stories too, but one person may be full of laughter and joy and, you know, they love life and they're excited about what is going on in their story and excited about how God's going to use it. Um, they might be people who reach out to others uh, in practical ways, always looking for the needs of others, right? They're not selfish. They're constantly giving and they may be the the one in the story who is out there sharing their faith, just 
openly and enthusiastically ready to roll with Jesus. You can kind of just see that walk there. And then the other, you know, from the same environment, like you were just sharing, really, uh, maybe somebody who's prone to complaining. And of course, I say this because I know we are all prone to these things all of the time, right? But the other person could be, that could be their go-to. Like they complain, they're critical. and, And perhaps, you know, the talk is negative and they struggle with authority and, you know, the you know, lots of drama in that story. And you see those two things like just complete opposites of each other. Just taking it further. I mean, because it's easy to come up with these when you start thinking of the contrast. There's a, there's a person who has these tremendous insights from the word of God all the time. Next to the one that goes, I read it and I get nothing. Hmm. Or, or this one, says, you know, I, you just look at their lives and their relationships are pretty peaceful. It doesn't mean that they're perfect, but they're peaceful versus there's a lot of strain, you know, and conflict in a relationship or somebody who is so focused on, I just want to please God in the way that I live versus the other one is really driven by pleasing man, Mm -hmm. trying to get everybody to like them or then you got the woman who in loves her quiet time, man. She just cannot wait to have that quiet time. <laughs> Can't wait to get to church. And then the other one's like, my quiet time, I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. If I would do it more consistently, if it meant something to mm-hmm. me and fellowship, I mean, frankly, somebody who's kind of dry, they can, they can find themselves falling away from being connected in a church body. Or let me put this out on the carpet, Laura, you could be at church hundred percent of the time mm. and still be a dry spiritual person. Mm. And that all goes back to that well-watered garden. We're talking yeah. about these, these two different places. And when you think about the well-watered garden individual woman, right? She wants to take those gifts that God's given her and use them in ministry where the other may feel um, unfulfilled or lonely and not using her gifts the way God has called her to gifts, right? Uh, to use those gifts. And, and the well-watered garden woman, you know, she'll try new things and she's not afraid to fail. And this really goes beyond personality, right? This is a, a trust in God type of thing and the other you know feels like they're just going to keep all their battles private and and perhaps um you know keep those things they struggle with hidden away uh i think the well-watered garden woman she's not in bondage to strongholds um she's more content with the situations that she's dealing with in life and i think this is a, a huge one that she's uh more open to correction and suggestions in her story wow but it's interesting because on the other side the opposite of that is the person really who has a stale faith and isn't growing and isn't thriving uh, in her faith. It's easy to get frustrated in new situations for this individual. <clears throat> and she may even be the woman in the church who is just uh, out there doing doing the thing, but really resentful or jealous or envious of the people who are digging in and experiencing God in the way that you know, she desires to on the inside, but just hasn't seen that come to pass. I think uh, just running through that list, Laura, back and forth, I can, I think everybody can say that they have related to the tumbleweed land Mm -hmm. at some point in their walk with the Lord. And maybe perhaps somebody right now you're listening and you're going, I'm there, I'm in the tumbleweeds right now. And let me tell you, when you're stuck in the tumbleweeds, the gal on the green grass or the guy on the green grass is so irritating. Yes. You know, yes. It's like, yes, we laugh because we know. <laughs> would you stop being so happy? You know, yes, just, yes, yes. There's such a difference. 
so you've got the same environment for these different individuals. There's got to be a difference, yep. you know, and the, the one that I, what I discovered in the desert, Laura, was um, there was a huge difference in the way people stewarded the land. Mm. Now, just to give you a little, a little more detail on Palm Desert, some things that I learned, it's, it's in a, a valley. You've got mountains on the northwest and the south sides of Palm Desert. They they have 354 days of sun. I just can't imagine that. Mm. You know, I just living in the Northeast, I can't imagine it. They get less than six inches of rain annually. Mm. So most of their water um, in California, 30% of, of California's total water comes from groundwater in the regular season. Mm. Uh, but during the drought, it 60% comes from deeper. It comes from this reservoir that is way underneath um, Palm Springs. It's called an aquifer. And so if you do a little homework, like, you know, you Google and learn a little bit more, it's like a giant underground pool of water and it's down deep. Like they're really, really deep in order to get there. You have to dig down. It's cost a lot to blast through rock to get down there. Uh, it's going to take some time, definitely a lot of sweat. You're in the desert blasting into the ground and you're going to have obstacles that you have to dig down. But once you tap into that aquifer, there is, there's always enough water. It's mm. a, it's like the, the passage you read in Isaiah where it's a, it's an underwater spring at well that never runs dry. They mm. said that the water stays in Palm Desert, like a cycle uh, mm. between the water that goes up into you, you pump it, it goes to the grass, it goes back down to the ground, and because of the the winds in that area, uh, in that it's like a like a bowl, right? That valley, it stays there. Now they'll get some fresh water that will come in from the mountains with snow melt, but the deep aquifer that's where they pull their water up from. This is amazing, because when you think about that, I just I love hearing the story. Uh, the homes that have the lush grass, like you were talking about, they've taken the time, Debbie, and this is this is so big for us. They've taken the time and the expense and the effort to dig down deep to get their supply of water from the underground aquifer. And then you see the homes that you were referring to that were so brown right next door. Those individuals, when they, they built their home, they didn't take the right. time the expense or the effort to dig down deep and they just gathered water from superficial groundwater sources what a contrast when you see the green right next to the brown it's one took the time and the other did not one did the work and the other did not and so if we were to say to ourselves you know which which house am i i think looking at your your pictures there in my mind and then looking at lives and looking at our story it's kind of like in the heat of day when i look at the my surroundings when i look at the grass around me when i look at the evidence of what's going on in my life am i living in in green green grass or am i living in the the brown tumbleweed because that is going to be evidence of where my water source is coming from have i have i gone deep or am i just staying in that superficial groundwater and you're right when the heat is turned up that's when that's when it's going to be the test, you yep. know, where's your water source? I mean, it's the same thing in our faith. We got to ask ourselves that question. Am I digging from the source of living water that is so deep that's into the presence of God himself? Yeah. Or, right. Are we digging into the presence of God or are we digging and relying on people around us? And I think this is uh, one of the things that we can fall into. And 
you really can tell if people or we are digging into the presence of God or somebody else by looking at what we rely on, right? Are we right. relying on uh, superficial spiritual groundwater? And this kind of blows my mind because these are all good things that we're going to share here. But if these are the places where we are digging into rather than the presence of God, we're going to find ourselves with that superficial water source. Um, are we only receiving our spiritual feeding from other people? You know, right. do we go to other people? Uh, I have a need and I'm going to go to you instead of right to the, to the source, God himself. Uh, it could be something as, as good as church or Bible study or a mentor that we go to. Uh, and yet we go to them first rather than going to the presence of God. All these good things can become the thing that we rely on rather than relying on God himself, which honestly is striking to say because these are all good things. Um, do we always need someone to remind us of the importance of spending time with God in his word and prayer and fellowship with other people? Uh, if we find that somebody else has to constantly redirect us back to the word, then perhaps we're not digging down deep into the presence of God and we are relying on superficial groundwater sources because the reality is Deb that person can move or there can be a falling out right that Bible study can stop or you can move to a new city and can't go to that church anymore your water source has to be the 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 presence of God himself you know we also can get to that place and I know this is sometimes easy to do where we just punch the time card with our quiet time or we check the box like okay i've spent my time with god this is just i can check it off the box i can go on to what's next rather than being like oh that's not my water source my water source is craving the presence of presence of god himself yeah you know some other examples of i guess indicators that you might be pulling from superficial spiritual groundwater would be you know you you live a life where you have some highs and lows mm. a lot and they're extreme extreme you know where it's emotionally spiritually you're like way up or way down but you're never uh, at a steady place uh, you can also find yourself getting very disappointed in people you know or the church or the church leaders that let you down it's i i use this example because we are called to lean on each other to bear one another's burdens lar but we're not meant to stand on somebody we're to stand on the rock right Amen. jesus christ and so it's kind of like i need to be I need to re I need to lean on people in the church, but they are not my source of stability. Yep. And I think any other, if we don't lean on Jesus as our main stability, we are going to be having those extremes emotionally and spiritually really hot or really cold, you know, yep. on their faith. And what happens is when you get disappointed by people or a church or that pastor, you tend to jump from one church to the next you tend to jump from one life group to another because mm -hmm, you're really mm -hmm. never finding what you're, what you're craving. And you're, and honestly, you're not going to find what you're craving in that next spot either until yeah. you take that place where I dig down deep That's into right. the father. That's right. Which takes us right back to the scripture and the promise that God gives us uh, in Isaiah 58, 11. I'm just going to read it again because just love it. The Lord will always guide you. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. There's just three key points here, Deb, as we read that passage that are promises from the Lord for us in these desert places. God will always guide us. He will always satisfy our need in a sun-scorched land. And God will strengthen our frame.
Mm. We we crave being guided. We crave that stability of it's like having your GPS not spinning because it can't get a signal. We just feel better when we know that there's some direction and Mm -hmm. we need to see him like him as the source of direction, not some person in our lives, like you said, who could change. And, And how is he going to give us that direction, that guidance? Number one, it's through his word, right? He will never tell us something to do that's contrary to his word. And God says in his word that he will actually work through our authorities. Mm. You know, he will, he will speak to the, through his authorities in our lives. He's going to open and close doors for us. Um, and the key is that we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit's prompting when he opens and closes doors. You know, is this one from, from you father? And we also look godly counsel, right? He'll speak through people who are mature in their faith, who he brings in our lives. They don't always say, right, Laura, godly counsel doesn't always sound like what we want to hear, but, but God will speak through that person. That's interesting, Deb, because we're always like, God, speak to us, speak to us, right? But then when it doesn't come in the way we want it to come, we're like, oh, I don't know if I want that so much. I want a new uh, message. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or delivered in a new way. So he's always going to guide you. And the second thing is that he's going to satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. And I, I find this just amazing because in a sun-scorched land, that means it's a place where water evaporates quickly. Mm-hmm. But God promises in this verse that even in those places where the water seems to evaporate quickly... And some of us are perhaps more prone to dry up faster when the heat is turned up. I love that you referenced that earlier, kind of when the heat is turned up, how are we going to respond? If we are those people, he is going to satisfy our needs in a sun-scorched land. And so I guess the question is, in the places where we are in the desert, what are our needs, right? And we need to be praying about those things because he says he will satisfy our needs. I think sometimes, regardless of what season we're in, wilderness, desert, promised land, whatever it looks like, we got to differentiate between right needs and wants. But God promises that he will satisfy. Satisfy means like take care of. It's done. There's no more desire for more. He will satisfy our needs even in our driest places. And the third thing in that passage in Isaiah, it says he will strengthen your frame. I think as, you know, physically your frame is your, your bones, right? They keep you standing upright. Uh, It's almost like he says, look, when you tap into me, I'm going to add steel to your Mm. inner frame, right? My spirit gives you the power to endure the power to, um, uh, have the strength to tackle the things that are coming across you when he gets turned up. I mean, that just tends to want to make you kind of get exhausted. And we think about when you have a plant that you have not watered, uh, they just, they flop everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and fortunately for me, <laughs> my, my gardening, right. I add water and it, it comes back to life. But if you wait long enough, that plant isn't going to make it. You know, but for us, his promise is that if you, no matter how hot it gets, if you dig down deep, then I'll strengthen your frame. You'll be able to stand up to some really hot times in your life. Mm, isn't that amazing? And and then this image that you will be like a well-watered garden, uh, like a spring whose waters never fail. I love that Palm Springs never runs out of water. Yeah. Right? There's a water cycle that causes the water to stay within the valley of the mountain. Uh, isn't God just so awesome to, A, provide for us in this amazing way, but also to give us such spiritual imagery. Uh, the aquifers that are deep never run dry. 
Don't we want to be those who are tapping into the aquifer, the source of life, God, the source of life, the river of life? Because the Bible tells us, right, he will never run dry. He's living water. He will never run dry. I think this is where we sh- we need to take a hard look at our own hearts and ask the Lord, show me what you see. You know, if I had to place myself like on a timeline, if I had uh, the tumbleweeds on the left and the, the Bob Hope Placid grass on the right, spiritually, <laughs> You know, Father, where would you place me? You know, where would you place me? What's the fruit in my life looking like? See, if you're tapped into the source of the spirit, then your life will be producing the lush green grass of the fruits of the spirit. Mm. You are going to walk in power. You are going to be sharing your story. You are going to have testimonies of answered prayer. You're going to have excitement about the things that the Lord is revealing in your secret place times with him. That's the green grass, right? But where would you place yourself? Mm. You know, not where do I want to be? And it's like a reality check. Where am I? How many tumbleweed moments am I experiencing right now? And so his desire He says, look, I have placed within you the aquifer. I've placed my presence within you. Are you willing to pursue me with whatever it takes, right, to pursue me? Because as I desire to dig down deep into him, I desire that deeper intimacy, really deeper intimacy with him means I'm going to surrender more than ever before. I'm going to put aside the things that have kept kept drawing me to superficial relationships or quick fixes, right, for the needs that I have. And the more I'm pursuing him, I'm going to find that he is going to be faithful to supply the needs that I have more abundantly than I could imagine. But it's going to, it's going to take that honest look, you know, how much more, how deeper do you want me to go, Father? there will always be more, (laughs) there's more depth, right? That we can go into him. But we got to ask ourselves that question. Absolutely. And so we're going to look at that next week, Deb. I love that you just said, how much deeper do we want to go with him? Well, next week, we're going to take this teaching one step deeper because what is the process? You know, we've talked about the aquifers, but there is a process in order to get to the aquifer. And there is a process and there are things that have to be uh, dug up and blasted through. And we're going to talk about those things next week. Uh, if you'd like to join us as we continue the series on treasures in the desert, because not surprising, right? God wants to dig up and blast through some, some things in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives as well. And we're going to talk about the process of getting down to the aquifer, getting down to where the rich supply of the water is. I love that. God's word never just says like, here's what's going to happen. He says, here's the process. This is what I want you to do as I am supplying the living water to your soul. So thank you for being with us as we spend this season, this whole month of May uh, in the desert. We're, we're grateful that you're here with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to reach out to us, beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. Or just uh, keep uh, sharing the the podcast. We appreciate it. We're so excited for what God is doing. If this is something that might bless someone you know, we would love you to share it with them. Take care. We look forward to seeing you next week. And God bless you. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.